This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Henri, Cantona, and probably Saul Campbell, because I want to bring What? What? Saul Campbell, yes. Keep it black. So, so comfortable. <laughs> That's bullshit. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Talking Tactics Podcast. I am Daniel Tuluk. I am Pab Hope. Carl's doing comedy again. Yes, 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 yes. Carl thinks he's, he's better than, than us. He's now. Um, things that he that stuff is more important than talking tactics, which I find very shameful and disgraceful and unfortunate. Man, let him do him, man. Nah, 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 nah. I, I, I can't have that, man. Nah, I you think need, it's actually pretty cool. You're either all in or not in, man. I'm very, and I told him that. I told him that I'm very disappointed in you, Carl. Very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, how do I put this? Like, some people have different interests overall. Like, I think. Carl is a more well-rounded person than I am. And the fact mm-hmm. that he has comedy he does, he has writing he does, he does all these kind of things. And for me, I'm just like football, football, football. So so in a sense, maybe I can't relate to someone whose life is more well-rounded than mine. No, no, but I th- but remember when we were ranking all that by different interests, you ranked music as your number one interest, isn't it? Well, no, no. I just put those three. I don't know if I – was I ranking them like yeah, 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 in yeah, order? Yeah, yeah. You ranked them, and, and you said, like, if you had to rank, you'd, you'd probably say music first, mm. then football. Well, yeah, I mean, if there was a if there was a Jay-Z concert here, I mean, I'd, I'd have to cancel on you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, uh, I want to hear Blueprint. But, you know, just let him do his comedy. He'll be back. Maybe we'll do a yeah, Talking yeah. Taxes no, no, extra no, no, in the good, week. No, good luck to him. Good luck to him. I actually want to watch some one of his um, stand-ups soon anyway. So, yeah, good luck to the old Gaza. I wonder if he's actually funny, because like he he is rather humorous on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I would but say. Like, yeah, it, but that's why I want to see his stand-up comments. It's like, how does he actually hold up being doing that very specific discipline mm-hmm. of being a stand-up comic, which is extremely hard. Very, very, very few people are are great at that skill. Mm. Easy. So let's yeah. talk some football, shall we, please? Well, first, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Make sure to click like on the podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, that would help us out a lot. Also, we got some iTunes reviews this week. Um, so, so we've got new, new, new ones since last week? Yeah. Oh, wow. This one is from Red Devilology. I already followed you on Twitter, so shout out to him. Um, and his comment is, where's the party at? It's at Talking Tactics. Um, so an homage to our um, intro song, I guess. And mm. his comment says, great and insightful podcast. The difference in footballing opinions makes this podcast enjoyable and refreshing to watch. I have been watching this podcast since the first episode. Many thanks. Mm. And I look forward to it every week. A podcast hosted by three black guys talking about football is a podcast I can get behind. Nah. Support. So shout out to you for that. Racist. Um, 
and we also got another one. This one's from Canada. So shout out oh. to the to the homeland. Um, from Macaroni75. Are you born in 1975? Maybe not. The best football podcast in the galaxy. All right. Okay. Uh, his comment is like the best hear. football podcast in the galaxy. I've listened to this since the beginning, and it never disappoints. Original and interesting. The chemistry between the three of you is unique and fun to listen to. Bringing on Carl was a great addition. Love the Carl and have hope arguments. Wish I could rate this six stars. So, you know, shout out to you guys. Um, I did follow you on Twitter. So thank you for the reviews. The way iTunes has this structured, I'm going to try to find it if you put it out. But if you're from some obscure country like Liechtenstein and Liechtenstein has their own iTunes reviews, I might not be able to get to it until, you know, a month or two if I decide to go into that store and look if there are any reviews. But if you're in Canada, the UK, or the US, you should be cool. So just leave them and we'll read them. I'm going to try to get the podcast also on the Google Play Store. And also, oh yeah, yeah. And also, I'm just, right, so people can, on iTunes, people can download the, the podcast from iTunes or... Pretty much, it's like a, a subscription service. So it'll just... Go right into your podcast app oh, okay. if you, no, you subscribe. I've used iTunes for flipping years, man. So, and after every week, I make sure that the podcast is available to download. But maybe I might start doing that from the jump. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you guys should be able to download this from SoundCloud. Just go and click it, download it, share it, tell your friends about the. Uh, how does he put it? Three black guys talking about football. <laughs> Just two today. But but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a necessarily set direction we can go in. Obviously, we want to talk about the Champions League this week. Mm. Um, Although most people will listen to this after the games are finished, I would would guess. Or maybe just before uh, the game starts. Remember, they also the games next week as well. Yeah, that's true. So maybe I'll, I'll let you lead that discussion. But off air, we were talking about subscription services and how television is different in America than it is in the UK and how like leeches, leeches, money, leeches, greedy, greedy SOBs. Right. And, and maybe when, when Carl comes, maybe we can have a better in-depth discussion about it just so we, cause maybe he's subscribed to more than you are, or maybe he's not subscribed at all. Maybe he's like so adverse to it that he just steals the feed. But yeah, we were talking about which yeah, commentary. We don't really reveal those kinds of things on air, do we? Okay. <sighs> but no, trust me, in, in 2017 in a Trump, Era man, people are watching and listening, so that's true. We pay for everything. I mean, I've never illegally downloaded music ever, so. never, me neither, never. I've paid for every single thing. I even pay for oxygen. I'm coming back, <laughs> you know. Eventually, like in Trump's world, like your water is gonna be like thousand dollars a gallon. Like, that, that's the next thing. If you can monetize better air, could you, like, if you're in China and there's smog. And you yeah. can give people a place where they can get clean air. There must be a way to make money off that. Somebody already isn't. Um, but yeah, we were talking about which commentary is best. Mm. So like if you go on YouTube and you miss a game, most of the, the commentary on YouTube is it's either Eastern European or <laughs> yeah, Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, or Arabic com- commentary and. The the Arabic commentary is so epic 
It could be a tap in and then go, that, go, no, go, no, go, 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 go. Literally, it's the, the guy is always as because everything to sometimes like I've got to let it go into the 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 kitchen and I feel like and I was like Whoa, what the hell has happened and literally guys are just passing the the ball amongst them themselves. <laughs> so it's like look, but our commentary is it's 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 amazing. You know what? And that also informs me about the society. Mm. Oh yes, is that they're so passionate about yeah. everything. And it mm. just trickles down into football. And you know, people here are crazy about football too. Like people get in fights. No, I mean, no, basically, like, like, England, Russia at the Euros. I mean, you know, people get their emotions worked up about mm. football. But like, just if it's a, just a regular ten-yard pass, and he's like, well, <laughs> like, but even like what what you just said about culturally. I mean, like because sometimes um, whenever like I'm writing sports stories for um, the thing that I do, and you you compare the commentary for on the NBA. Whenever they do their roundups, so like football commentary in England, and it is completely different. As in, like the NBA, obviously you've got the music playing, but you have them cracking so many different jokes and so many different stuff, and they just give you that extra bit of spice. Whereas like, in England, it's just it's just very very serious, very very mon- mundane. You know, so it's uh, it's it's definitely down to the culture. You know, yeah. it's, it's definitely a cultural thing. So, if these are the right results that I have pulled up here, um, Arsenal won. Which was, I mean, they had to win. There was no, like, they couldn't afford to lose to Hull. No, no, but, but look, all that matters is this, is that City are now going to be eight points behind Chelsea. That's pretty much what's going to happen. I mean, so we're, this whoa, 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 whoa. we're recording this as the game is progressing. No, no, and right. I'm, oh, so you say that City are going to drop points against Bournemouth? Come on, come on, though. Come on. It's 1-0 in the first half. I mean, who knows what happens in the nah. second half? I mean, City will sort this. Like, which is why I was saying to you off as obviously we'll surely get the results. I mean, City, and I've said this many times, City are the only viable threat to Chelsea. Liverpool and Tottenham, they're not in the discussion. Arsenal, don't make it make me laugh. United are trying to get out, out of being sixth. The only team that can take the title from Chelsea are Man City. And City are really hitting their stride. So City are like, look, man, we'll just do what we do. And get ourselves in a position so because City have to play Chelsea again, don't they at the bridge? Yeah, that's the biggest game of the season. Yeah, so right? City wants a situation where maybe they're like five points or so behind Chelsea by the time that game comes around. So then they, so they, they can then make it a real title race. So mm, but have you seen City's schedule? There there's a stretch in City's schedule, and you have to keep in mind that because Manchester United are playing in the League Cup final at Wembley against Southampton, mm. the Manchester Derby is going to have to be rescheduled. Yeah, really. yeah, really so really. I'm assuming that because it, it normally takes a while for these games to be rescheduled, especially with City in the uh, Champions League and United in the Europa League, mm. in mid-March to early April, City have Liverpool at home, and then they play Arsenal away, and the next game is Chelsea away. So they have three straight games of Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. And can I break it down to you? Liverpool, I can see City winning that, that game. Okay. Arsenal. So it's at the Emirates or at or, or the, the crib? At the Emirates. Back, yeah. no, they, no, they have back-to-back games at the Emirates at Stamford Bridge. In a, in, in a matter of four days. And I'm telling you that the way City are playing right now. They're going to have a hiccup. I mean, but the, the rest of their schedule is chicken feed. Mm. My dad might say Hull, Southampton, West Brom, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Watford. If they drop two points. 
for those no, 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 I mean, no. I think you should be very worried because I think City are really playing at that level hmm. where they, as I said, they're really hitting their their stride and they're really connecting. Full, full. Well, I mean, but look, I mean, we just saw Jesus go down. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of injuries, in terms of form. It's hard you know, to no, determine no. from week to week. Hmm. I mean, we need to know how long Jesus is out for because if that's like a one two month injury, then that could be a problem. You know what? I bet you he'll be back next week. Yeah, Champions League as well. That could be a hindrance for them, possibly. But you know what I always say is that you know how guys say, "Oh, Chelsea and Liverpool, they have an advantage because they're not in Europe." Mm. I think that actually being in Europe actually helps you because it keeps you sharp. So hmm. that conventional thing of like, "Hey, man, you know, let's change on F." No, no, no. Playing against a top team, top-level football on a Tuesday or Wednesday keeps you really sharp and keeps at that high level come Saturday or Sunday. I mean, that's an interesting theory. I would say, suppose Manchester City had a game in the week, this week, and they lost to Bournemouth, right, like today, or Drew. They can regain momentum, if you believe in it, or they can just get rid of bad energy by a win in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably a logical thing where you can yeah. kind of erase what happened on the weekend in the middle. Because like seven and, days is a long time to right. wait. But if yeah, and, and, if, and if you're Chelsea and you went to Burnley and you probably were thinking that, yeah, that this is three points and you drop two, then mm. you have to wait a whole seven days until the next game. Wait, very quickly as well, because again, just, just before I forget the thoughts, I think you might have mentioned this, or we, I think we, we talked about this like ages ago, that... As good as Conte is, what's the one criticism that there is off of him? Subs. Mm. That literally, he spends, he makes subs too late. And for me, I think about Shuai, man, you know, I don't get what they're trying to do with him. Because first of all, with the William thing, <laughs> 15 minutes to try and change, change the game soon enough. You, you bring on William at halftime or bring him on for the 60th minute. I think Chelsea get that G somehow. That's why. What the hell is this striker going to do in the last two minutes, three minutes? Come I mean, on. Maybe if you're playing at home against Manchester City and the game's 1-1 yeah. and, and City are going for a win and they know that they have to win, that mm. three minutes and maybe four minutes of stoppage time, so seven minutes, mm. is going to be four minutes, maybe five, of actual mm. football. If it's 1-1 against Burnley, who needs the point, that's seven minutes. How many minutes of actual football are you playing? Two? Yeah. One yeah. and a half, maybe? Because they're trying to kill the game. Yeah. So, given Bashawai, I think he's he's been substituted 16 times this season with no starts. I think Gabriel Jesus has played more minutes this season. Yeah. He's only played three games. You see, you have to go into the mind of the striking club because, like, let's say, um, what's this guy? Hernandez. Javi Hernandez was an excellent super sub. Tori Andre Flo, which I'm sure you would know from back in the day, excellent super sub. There are players who can make an impact in three, four minutes. Uh, Andre Schuller, you can yeah. argue. I think the, the best I've seen in the Premier League have been Tori Andre Flo and Hernandez. Those are the best I've seen in the Premier League. And those players that can do that are very, very few because it's a skill. It's a skill and instinctive thing that's where you can affect the game within three minutes. Most 99% of players need at least 15 minutes to really get themselves into a game and try and do something. Mm. I mean, do you, do you know who's really good at that as well? For just mm. thinking about Chelsea perspective, Solomon Kalu. Oh, 
he was very good at coming in for Maluto or Drogba or Nelka. So, 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 so he could do it in like three minutes? Making an impact. I mean, I, I think he had over 100 substitution appearances for Chelsea. I mean, he, he was very, very good at coming off the bench. Also, he wasn't good enough to start. So <laughs> that makes it easier. But I, I, th- I think for Bashuai, it's a case of Costa is so good. Like, he's, su- he's such a great plan A. Yeah, yeah. And, and Conte plans his tactics, I think, so meticulously that mm. he wants to give those great players and his tactics enough time in the game. Like, I think I have this right. I think I have this right. So I'm going to give it 60, 70, 75 mm. minutes. And then once you figure out, okay, this didn't work. My tactics weren't correct. Diego Costa hasn't scored in three games. Maybe I do need to give him help, you know, but giving Bashawai eight minutes. Mm. Just from what, what else you were saying, you were saying the whole thing of like, this is my formation. This is what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to stick by it. And it served you well for a long time. And for me, again, it's about different leagues. You see, you can do that in the Syria because I think when Henri interviewed Conte, this is what Conte even said. He said that in the Syria, if you're winning 1-0 with like 20 minutes to go, you win the, the game. Nine times out of ten, you win the game. In the Premier League, one zero with twenty minutes to go, there's no guarantee that you'll win that game because things change so quickly. And I think in the Premier League, more than any other league, you need to keep on tweaking mm. and having a dogged set formation that everybody knows, like at the back of their foot, will not fully serve you for a whole season. You need to. Hence, why like and now, which is why you're saying Diego Costa hasn't, hasn't scored in two or three games now. Against most teams will now say, okay, let's sit really deep and really defensive. And guys in the Premier League know how to sit deep and really defend and, and play direct. So if you do that, which is what you were saying, I mean, give Basrai some more help, y'all. Mm. And it's I mean, I mean I'm giving more minutes. I don't I don't know what the issue is. Why not? And it, do you know what? Uh, I have two points, I guess, and maybe we can finish on the second one. The most frustrating thing about him is he sees what needs to be done because you can see it in his change. He took mm. off Moses, put on William, and went to a traditional back four. Yeah. And so he did change the formation. He did tinker with things. He did take off Matic and put on Fabregas. Matic, by the way, who ran off the pitch as fast as I've ever seen anyone for a substitution, I think just because he was cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and also Fabregas should start over Matic, especially against lower league opposition. Yeah, that's I mean, Fabregas, that's – again, it's like – Conte has been amazing, but he's not perfect. Nobody is, is perfect. Right. And I think that, especially in a game like that, Fabregas gives... You need his genius. Like... Yeah, basically, you need that pass. Because again, what I've always said about, about Fabregas, insult him all you want, his eye for a pass is one of the best you'll, you'll find. Hmm. His eye for a pass is excellent. And when you're sitting against a team who are sitting deep, and you just need just a moment. You, all you need is just a moment of something. You need a fabric because Matic won't give you that. Matic will just give you two yard passes and just consolidation. But if you're trying to get something to happen and you're trying to create something, you need you need Sesk. Mm. Matic serves a purpose, but not against Burnley. I don't think I don't yeah. because you already have Conte there. Second point: not playing Bashawai and only playing him for you know five minutes here, six yeah. minutes there, seven minutes here, wherever or just not even playing him at all. Whenever the FA Cup comes around, you see the traits of a very selfish striker in Bashiwai because he knows he's getting his opportunity to play. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. I have to score because if I don't score, this guy's not going to play me. 
So mm. the game against was it Brentford? Mm. He was very greedy in his approach to the game, and I thought I think that's it's a byproduct of Conte's man management in a sense that mm. you have to show some level of confidence in him. That way, when you do give him the opportunity, he still plays within the team construct and doesn't yeah. try to win the game by his own to prove to you that he needs to play more. So you're creating another problem for yourself by not playing him more minutes or finding him more minutes when it makes sense to play two strikers. So if it's clear that you need a change, don't wait to 85, <laughs> you know? I mean, also, I, there's a lot of people that say, you know, when managers make substitutions, you, you need to make it quicker, make it at 45 minutes, just make the change at halftime. On one hand, it might be advantageous for you to make a halftime change, but that's also disrespectful in a way. I've watched the first half. You weren't good enough. Sit down. So maybe make the change 50 minutes, 55, uh, 60. Oh, oh, why not? No, no, look, like, it's not a thing of like, this is bad enough. I'm trying to win the game. It's, yeah, but like, it, it's disrespectful in a sense. Who cares about disrespect for you trying to win a game? <laughs> are, okay, and this might sound stupid, but are the three points worth a dressing room problem? Like, look, we, we all saw Matic last season was a form player. Mm. Right? So if you take him off, like I remember Mourinho substituted him on and then subbed him off. Like that's the highest level of disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he did that and then he just crashed last season. So if you take him off at halftime, you're kind of saying like, look, like you were basically shit that half. So maybe keep him on for an ex- for like a mercy 10 minutes and then take him off. That way you don't create, I don't know, just like a dressing room psychological and issues. I, and and I, look, and, and Conte, he's been very good. I'll give him credit that when, when Hazard has played bad and subbed him off, he always does a double change, right? So he, it's two players at once. That way it's almost mm-hmm. like you're not being singled out. It's almost like you have a person to but come up with you. You're fitting them like babies, man. You These have are, to. We, we, we saw like, last season what happened when they weren't treated like babies. They revolted and finished. No, 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 no. For me, no, I think I'm like, <laughs> they, no, no, for me, I feel like you are professional football players and professional men. And what matters is getting that title. I wish and, it was that simple, but it's not. And then you have City who are just, they're coming. <laughs> hmm. You have to be smart in your. Your movements, I suppose. Like, you can't just be rash. Because, one, like, how do I put this? They've dropped what they drew against Liverpool, they drew against Burnley. So that's four points out of nine. I don't want to call it a free fall. But if, they, if it continues down this way, it's only a matter of time before you start looking over your shoulder and there's, like, this light blue They're coming. light. So you have to be smart in your delivery and not create extra situations for yourself or extra fires for you to put out. This may be a better mm. way to put it. So yeah, you have to be smart with man management and then the tactical arrangement and in-game tactics as well. So, well, actually, we're speaking of in-game tactics now. Let me use my segue skills. Speaking of in-game tactics, Pochettino flopped. If you're seeing your team gets ramroded for the first ten minutes, <laughs> and the first and for ten minutes, there there were about six or five three on twos, two on twos. You've got to change it up. The lack of actually saying, okay, guys, keep the ball. Okay, Dembele's son, give Ben Davies some help. Let's just sit back a bit. But to play so open when you were getting so beat down, 
was not very smart. Because obviously Pochettino, and I, again, I get what Pochettino wanted to do, and I think it was actually the right decision initially. Liverpool are a wounded animal, very soft defensively, low on confidence, have not won yet in 2017. Go at them. Mm. Get at them. But again, you have to now see after 10 minutes, okay, what does it look like? And after 10 minutes, Liverpool were the better team at that free-for-all, tit-for-tat. Once you see that, you've got to change it up. Say, look, let me be humble. We can't play this way for 45 minutes. We've got to just change how we approach it and let's just see whether we can just pick them off. Then we go again after 20 or 35. But look, they were like 2-0 down in like so few minutes. Yeah, man, it wasn't... Um, yeah, you know, I, I think for, uh, when I look at Spurs, I didn't realize how important Danny Rose was or just in the absence of Rose or Walker. Because while, while Conte might say 3-4-3 three, three was my idea, 3-4-3 mm. three, three suits Chelsea, mm. it suits Spurs way better just because their fullbacks are better than Alonzo and Moses, I would say. Just at up and down forward motion. And then also the defensive side of the game. You know, you know what? It's... Let me tell you this. So, like, no, but having to play Davies in the back four, mm. it puts extra pressure on Wanyama and Dembele. Well, I don't think they're actually better, though. I think... Better and more suited, I guess, are different conversations. No, 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 for me, I feel that... I think, I think Danny Rose is better than Walker. I think, like, he's better. He's a better crosser and is more consistent. I think Walker, some of his crossing was atrocious. Absolutely <laughs> awful. As this guy was crossing from flipping... Jupiter and this thing was going to flip in Saturn, so his crossing was awful. <laughs> and, it, and literally, this decision make was awful. Oh, whoa, whoa. And Moses as, 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 as far as planets go, like Jupiter to Saturn isn't that far, is it? Like they're, uh, they're, they're neighbors <laughs> Mercury, have Venus, you, have you been Earth, in a Mars. Before. Wait a minute Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. That's how it goes. So, Jupiter and Saturn. I mean, you could say if, like his crosses were going from Mercury to Neptune. Yeah, that but would, that would make more scientific sense. Well, put it, okay, okay, put it this way: I think Jupiter is a size of about six, seven, eight, or twelve Earths. No, and it's, it's it's bigger than that. Yeah, thank you. So basically, to go from one end of Jupiter to another end of of Jupiter is a pretty long time. So imagine going from <laughs> from flipping Jupiter. Basically, it's a long damn way, even if they are their neighbors. So I'm actually being kind to Kyle Walker. So um but my thing is that I think that Alonso and um Moses Moses, I think they are smarter players. Because when you see the way that they play, it's a lot more pragmatic and a lot more smarter. They are they're thinking a lot more about what they're doing. Whereas like for Rose and Kyle Walker, it's literally just like Boom, run, 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 energy, 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 boom, up and down. But with Moses, and there's a lot more thoughts involved in what they are doing, and there's a lot more dynamism of coming on the inside, coming on the outside, combining with the players a lot more. So I think there is a, more, a lot more to Moses and Alonso's games than Walker and Danny Rose. Perhaps, but just as, as far as just looking at Spurs. Mm. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, no, it, 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 it changes their dynamic completely. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like Rose not being there was a huge, was, was a big, was a big right. loss. When we talk about this a couple of weeks ago, like could could Mane save Liverpool? I, it's it's still a big ask to get them in the top four, but having him back is so incredibly important. Black, black, black power, man. Black, black, black power. And you know, <laughs> have you seen what Mane, lo- Mane looks like? That guy is bloody African, man. I mean, like, 
like he just he's he's, he's so African, like so. <laughs> him him and Kante look kind of similar in that way. No. You know, it's, it's you know, yeah, I get what's missing. They have that kind of look. You know, <laughs> they have that, they have the same kind of like idea of it look, but yeah, Manny like, uh, in I know because like they they kind of look like my dad. Oh, no, 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 basically, like Manny looks like a lot of um guys I used to like walk for my um for my mom and my dad back in Nigeria, like mm. basically very blue collar, working class, regular kind of African, basically West Africa, basically very West Africa, like a, a blue collar. West African look. That's the, the look that Manny has. So. But yeah, um, so he scored the opening two goals. Could have he? had four, man. He could have had four in, in that first in that first half. He could have had four. So I mean, do we think? Well, I guess this is a better question. Considering that both of the teams were either going to take points off each other, or one was going to take one off the other. Either way, mm. will will Liverpool or Tottenham get in the top four? In your opinion, um, Liverpool will. Tottenham won't. And that's the because it's weird because okay wait great so you see my my top four again was Chelsea Man City Arsenal Liverpool yeah 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 no yeah, it yeah. wasn't yes it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Man City. you you had United in the top four no 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 no, no, no. Did, that you? was you I know I never had United in top four like literally listen back to all of the episodes. check the tapes had... check the tapes man we, this is on wax bro nah nah no, no I don't I... thank you no. I am fully confident that in every single thing <laughs> since United have been sleeping in sixth since the um, Spanish Inquisition, that they are not going to get top four. <laughs> All right, because at the beginning of the year, I had United winning the league, Chelsea second, City third, Liverpool fourth. And then you kept telling me, Arsenal have a divine birthright, this and yeah, that. Yeah, 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 100%, yeah. But I could have sworn you had United in the top four. And look, they're only they're two points off second. Or maybe if you if City win the game, then it extends a bit. But they're one or two points from getting in the top four. I mean, people it's say, happening. yeah, they're in six, they're in six, but they've been silently, ironically, considering their manager's Mourinho, but they've been creeping up on the top four leaders who've been dropping points, whereas United have consistently been getting points at every turn. And also with the Manchester Derby that we referenced earlier being postponed, so that incredibly eases their schedule. Um, and also, they're going to have those games in hand because they're, you know, playing in the final and maybe the Europa League complications with that. So that you, you, you could have, like, conceivably, you could have United four points off top four with two games in hand, um, but still like, in six. No, no, no. It's <laughs> no, United. It's as I said again. It's po- it's definitely po- like title is not like that's not happening. That's not that's no, in, in no, 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 no. But top four is definitely a possibility. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I guess that's our little top four wrap up. Do you want to talk? Oh, did you see Arsenal fan TV? They're like, you, know, you literally read my mind. I was literally <laughs> about to ask. Like, I'm asked that that we do something about Arsenal, um, because there's the Arsenal fan TV thing with Neville, and then there's this whole Wenger thing of like, is Wenger gonna leave this song? Because this seems a lot more real than it was before. But again, but did you hear what Neville actually said? Do you have it paraphrased? No, 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 no. Basically, it's if it was, we he doesn't like this talk of Wenger as Wenger because Wenger should be rest respected for the work that he's done and he's actually done a very good job, mm. and he thinks that he he should stay and people should should respect all that he's given Arsenal. And you know what? It's it's I I I heard his point where he was like, I don't know if this was his point, but this is what mm. it made me think, where. Arsenal have been consistently getting top four. So they're numb 
to being in the top four. Like being in the mm. top four for 20 straight years is an incredible achievement. But you, you get it so often that you're dumbed and numb to it. Mm. So his point was basically, if you get rid of Wenger, that uh, you're creating a recipe for your own downfall and that you don't know what's next. Basically, the devil you know is better than the one you don't. Mm. Right? So I, I, I take that point on, right? That, okay, if Wenger leaves, it could be worse for Arsenal, conceivably. I mean, we saw what happened with Sir Alex after a long reign. But I think that was more a byproduct of the manager they picked rather than changing managers full stop. So basically, Ferguson picked Moyes. I don't know if it's because they had a, a friendship. They're both Scottish. Scottish, yeah, Scottish. So maybe if, if Mourinho followed Ferguson rather than Moyes, is there turmoil? Is there you know three seasons of lackluster football and kind of Europa League, Champions League, missing out on European football? Like, is there that kind of roller coaster? I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't. I think Mourinho would have been a much more understandable successor. But and right, because that means Moyes doesn't happen, Giggs doesn't happen, and Van Gaal never happens. So if you change Wenger, if you pick the right manager as his replacement, it works. Of course, if, it works. If you pick someone on the level of David Moyes, then it won't work. So I don't take on that point where you'd never know what you're going to get, because you can kind of. Determine your own fate, in a sense, by being and, wise with your pick. Because- and also, like, I, th- I think as well, like, guys like Ty from Arsenal Fan TV is like, again, for me, he's my favorite member of Arsenal Fan TV because I find, him, <laughs> I find him the most, like, fascinating. <laughs> but there's a fear. Mm. And that is what is killing a lot of Arsenal fans. That There's a fear of, like, oh, my gosh, what if we have a new manager and we come sixth and we come seventh and things become worse? But as the saying goes, no risk, no, no reward. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, they have to take that leap of, of, of faith. You have to. You have to. And if it means, okay, you come six or seventh, but at least it's something new. The worst thing you can do in life is to stagnate. Uh, yeah, but and Arsenal are stagnating. Yeah, but like, you know, um, if, if it's my opinion, I say make the change. Because, mm. I, because I, I didn't want Mourinho to leave. Um, and I'll be the first to admit it. I thought the board were making a mistake two years ago, December, because it's 2017. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought there was a, I thought there was a mistake. And they shouldn't have done it, but they did. And it's turned out for the better. But I also see if you go PSG, like Laurent Blanc was doing well, there wasn't really a need to change him other than the fact that, you know, we're sick of winning league. Oh, we want to try to win uh, the the Champions League. Um, This guy's won two straight Europa League, so maybe we should give him a chance. And if you look at their league form, they might not win the league, even though they won it for the past three or four years. So there is a risk that you take, and I can see from a certain perspective that I'm comfortable where I am. I don't really need to take the risk. Wenger's doing good enough. The, the, the thing is, he always gives them hope that they can win the league at some point in the season, which <laughs> is basically enough for you to say, you know what, next year we can. Yeah, if, and then you'll if, if, if this doesn't like- happen, and then the same thing happens again. So I can kind of see like, You've been no, no, stuck. No, I can't see anything. No, no. Maybe you can, but I can't see. Like, for me, that works like two or three times. By, by the fifth time, <laughs> surely she wisen up and say, hmm. Dude, dude this is they, like, this is the 13th season. This is the 13th <laughs> time. <laughs> Look, man, 2005 was when they last won it. So that's six. 
Seven. You know, no, look, I've always contended this is an abusive relationship that are like I'm glad I didn't choose Arsenal as like my team because oh, man, it would be awful, man. It would be it, like so what in Arsenal would literally just drive you crazy. It's because it be the, they they show you their greatness and you always have the invincibles. We play amazing football. They mm. probably do play the best football in uh, the Premier League, right? Mm. As far as on the ground technical ability goals etc but they're always there's that soft underbelly of as soon as you know the vieras the keons adams as soon as those guys left there's just this this softness that i don't think wenger's been able to correct what invincibles was amazing the the double twice is amazing the ethical yeah. was amazing. No, 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 i think they just come to time where you have to be like thank you for what you've done thank you but the world has changed. Football has has changed. We're living in wonderful football now. You're not suited to move the club forward in the climate that it's in. Mm. It's as simple as that. So it's not being rude. It's just saying that like the nobody's bigger than the club. The club is bigger than any one person. Yeah. And for the sake of the club to try and move forward and to con- compete, you need someone on the level of Guardiola, of of Conte, of of club to compete. Simple mm-hmm. as that. So um, I'm going to make you an Arsenal fan for the next minute or so. Oh. And I want Arsenal fans out there to get back at me about this, but I'm going to make Double H an honorary Arsenal fan for this question. Okay. If I could promise you that Arsenal won two leagues since 2004, okay, but they didn't go invincible, would they take it? So, so they've won two leagues since when? They won the league in 2003-2004. Without okay. going invincible, okay. And because of that, in my question, they've won two leagues afterwards. Would you take three leagues in that time without the invincibles, or would so, you want the invincibles and the current thirteen-year drought without a title? Oh no, no, one hundred percent the the league titles. Because see, see, I think most Arsenal fans, if you ask the question, and I think maybe two is a bit too much. But if you say one title, if I give you one title in the last 13 years, but you didn't go invincible, I feel like some Arsenal fans would say I'd want the invincibles just because of the magnificent, spectacular, historical, amazing feat that it was. Actually, no, no. See, that's that's a a very good question. It's like, I think one league title last 13 years, invincibles. Two league titles, uh, maybe invincibles. Three Okay, league titles. <laughs> I think the the, the the number is important. I think two is is it, it's tough. I need to think about it. Three for sure, hundred percent. Give me three. In the last thirteen years, we've won three. Yeah, one now. Nah. Give me the invincibles. You'd be so so. Basically, you'd rather have one title where you've gone unbeaten. Yeah. Than two titles where you've lost. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Just yeah. just because of the historical magnitude. No, no, yeah, but, like. That is an amazing achievement. And, and for, it's holding them back. No, 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 no. Wenger can always say, I they, went unbeaten, and nobody's well, ever done that. Nobody is ever going to do that again. Mm. So I deserve to stay. No, no, but see, but but the key thing is, is that is what am I trading that that's for? Hence why, like for Wenger, that's you've run past still holding on to the in, in, invincibles now. Hence why that's it is it's very important. The number that you gave me is like if you gave me like three. I think three is a magic number. Like like two is 
debatable. Like two in, th in th 13 years, maybe, maybe, maybe. Do you know two in th 13 years, maybe. Perhaps three for sure, but two, perhaps but one, 13 years now, still give me the invincibles. Mm. You know? But I think the key thing is that bottom line is league titles. That's what matters. Because in United, they, they, they never got the invincibles thing, but they, they, there's more respect for what Ferguson has done than what um, Thingy has, Wenger has done. And even now, despite what Mourinho did um, with, um, what's, what, what was it called? Despite how he left Chelsea, he's still more recently successful because it's almost like, I think it was Eddie Murphy that said it, what have you done for me lately? Mm. People's memories start to fade the longer, longer you go away. But the Mitchell is still an amazing thing, but even Arsenal fans, how many times do they bring up that argument? On Arsenal fans TV about, hey man, Invincibles, Invincibles. No, because it's about what have you done for me lately? As of right now, we're an average team that thinks top four is a trophy. So they're not even thinking of the Invincibles. So just, just last thing on Arsenal, and then we can talk briefly about the upcoming Champions League matches. The whole thing about fans not being able to have a voice or Gary Neville being like, you know, the fans are outside of Chelsea Stadium. They looked, I don't know his exact words, but basically they were saying they were talking stuff about Wenger yeah, and, yeah. and just generally being unruly, right? Mm. Do you think it's okay for someone, uh, we were talking about earlier, well, you know, working for or Sky and all that kind of stuff, where you're getting money basically to talk about clubs. Mm. Ooh. Bournemouth almost scored. <laughs> Sorry, but like uh, I got lost in the match and then I would just started drifting in my question or statement. Yeah, so so basically like Gary Neville gets money to talk about football, right? But to think like just because it comes from a fan's mouth who doesn't have the international and club experience is someone like Gary Neville. Mm. It's automatically downgraded. Like, no, also, no, no. It's, yeah, it's crap. Like, look, I pay money to watch my team. I can say whatever the, the hell I, I, I want to say. Yeah, but it, it's also a thing of... Is just because Neville played football, does that mean his opinion is better? No. I mean, it, I mean, he does have. It, it can be more. You, I don't know if you can have a better opinion. And also, like Gary Neville might have better football opinions. Mm. But if you're an Arsenal fan that's going to the games week in week out, you probably mm. do have a better grip on what's going on at Arsenal Football Club than Gary Neville, who just looks at it maybe two percent of the time. Well, maybe that's not enough percentage, but like he has a whole pie that he's looking at. That is the exact points that Robbie made on his 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 video. Aguero just scored, by the way. So, man, so you're really ahead of me, man. <laughs> I'm at sixty-eight twenty. Yeah, I just saw it now. Mm. Um, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, that was the uh, point that Robbie when made is that if a fan who watches his team every single week knows his team a lot better than some dude who just watches them like maybe six, five times a year. So 100% like they, those Arsenal fans know all of their Arsenal players inside out. Mm. And, and, and they and, have and, better knowledge overall, but as pertaining to an Arsenal player and how they are playing, they know things that you just don't, don't know. Maybe it's because mm. they watch them more. Simple yeah, and that. they go home and away. And it's like you said, yeah. like, it's like those fans, especially on Arsenal fan TV, like you, they're called regulars for a reason. It's because yeah, they yeah, yeah. go everywhere where the team is. Every game, every game. So I, th I think that they do have a place and a voice, especially. And and just because it's entertaining, doesn't necessarily mean you have to dismiss it. 
Jason Cundy, who's a former Chelsea and Spurs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he said something to the effect of anybody who says blood and fam does deserve to have an opinion on football. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> According to the guy called Troops on Arsenal Fan TV, he said on <laughs> on Talk Sport Radio that Cundy said anybody who uses blood and fam doesn't deserve to have an opinion on football. <laughs> Which I mean, that's that's just cultural. Oh yeah, yeah um, no, no, no. that's 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 that's, that's been snobbish. <laughs> yeah. So because like people that use blood and fam, those are the guys who go to the games. Based, <laughs> as in where Arsenal is based geographically, blood and fam is used a lot because that's how those are how the people around that stadium speak. So so basically, basically troops is actually one of the real people of that area. You know, why should um. Sky have with the only voices of football analysis, as in because there's some again, not all of them, but there's some all those guys of Astafan TV who actually are very, very good. Like, what's it called? Mo on Astafan TV, he's really intelligent. That guy is really on, on point, and also, as well, it's a different perspective. If you even look at your channel, they have Hope Football Hut, you are. Yeah. In some definition of the word, a, a rival or a competitor, being that you do post-game, uh, pre-game, post-game analysis of football matches, mm. in competition with someone like Gary Neville, in a sense, where you have ears of people. I mean, obviously, it's not to the scale of of Sky oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah, like, if, if, but also, if you think about it, they know that people would rather not listen to it in a sense where. If you were allowed to put highlights in your videos without, mm. without Sky striking it down because they paid for the rights of it, yeah, more people would watch your channel, correct? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they could come to you, see the highlights, and it's almost like news in a sense, but just because you're, I mean, you're entertaining. Let's not get it wrong, but like it's just you. It's, there's no highlights to augment what you're saying. Mm. It kind of limits the direction. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like even this podcast that we're doing right now, th- it would more people would probably watch it if it was in video format, maybe yeah. I don't know. But because, then, we're, but because we're doing it over the podcast, you just have to listen and kind of use your imagination a bit more. And I don't know if people necessarily want to do that. So I think it's understood that Sky isn't the only place where football should be talked about, parsed, explored. The world has changed, you know, and like what Robbie has done again, like, like I just love, yeah, Comey Bass, I think a black guy having invented that and started that just makes me just so happy and you I know what I was able to do that i was thinking I, I, was, I was thinking about this earlier that robbie went to they, they were in the monday night football studios with yeah, yeah. evelyn carragher and i was hoping like don't sell out like please don't allow them to sweet talk you into like we want to have Sky be a part of arsenal fan tv oh, yeah, no, 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 like no. nah man keep it original keep it with you you know what I'm saying? Like, as I said, like, that's the um, danger because, like, for Robbie, like, you know, you can be as big or potentially even bigger than Sky. He's already the, the leading source of Arsenal news, yeah. I would say. Like, yeah. there isn't, like, there isn't a bigger place where people would go other than Arsenal's website, I would assume. Yeah, and, and as well, like, the other people who've, like, followed him, like, the Ch- there's a Chelsea one, there's a Liverpool one, mm. it's not as 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 good. He's he was a first and he's he's the best. You know what? Also, <laughs> yeah. like the the troops guys we talk about, DT, Ty, Claude, like Mo, the regulars. 
It's free. <laughs> wait, how do you, wait, how do you mean? They go they go on his channel and they rent for free. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the best hustle in the world. And you have the he, he, it's it's exactly what we were talking about before where Arsenal is such a volatile club up and down that mm. you're creating like the situation for viral content almost once every 3 weeks at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets those people on for free and it's a great place for them to voice their opinions. They don't care. I don't I wouldn't assume if uh, thousands of people watched it or if a hundred people watched it, they're football fans. They want to talk about their club. You know, mm. I find that humorous and also genius. You want to get into this champions league speaking of Arsenal. Um, yeah. <laughs> look, look, they, they look, they're, they're not going through like it'll be close, but <sighs> they're not beating know. final. Or, or All right. So, so let's do, let's do Tuesday. Benfica. Ben, 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 we'll start with Benfica Dortmund. We'll escalate this. I think this is going to be like, for me, this is going to be tough for Dortmund because, I mean, Dortmund do better against attacking teams and free-flowing teams. That's why they did so well against Real Madrid. Mm. But against a team like Benfica, who are more like a 4-4-2 old-school kind of team, I think it will be a bit more difficult because Dortmund's the defense is a joke. I know they, they lost to Darmstadt <laughs> on the weekend. Oh, I saw that. I mean, look. it's So, I, for me, I, I think they will edge it. I mean, no, this game, I think, maybe like 1-1. Like, like Mm-hmm. Which, which is which is a, a a good result for them. So I think, one, but yeah, it's going to be hard hard for them. Benfica or I, all Dortmund need to do is get an away goal, and once yeah. they go back to um, their home ground, I don't feel like trying to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, they they should be okay. All right, so PSG Barcelona. I'm saying three one. That's what I said on the hangar. I say it's three one to Barcelona. Three one Barcelona. I was thinking, you know, PSG are going to try to slow down Barcelona as much as possible, and maybe it'll be like 1-1, something like that, where PSG won't want to lose it in the first leg. Yeah. And Barcelona will be cautious because their defense isn't spectacular either. So, yeah. Did I say defense rather yeah. than defense? Well, you're American, so you can get away with it. Defense, man, defense, yo, yeah. <laughs> but do, do, do you know why people say defense? Because it's, it's, it's easier to chant if you're in a stadium. So instead of saying defense, that doesn't sound <laughs> defense, good. Defense. But defense, boom, boom, defense, it just sounds better in a stadium. Yeah, so, yeah, it does actually. Yeah. So I can get brainwashed in that way. But yeah, I would say Barcelona's defense isn't isn't that spectacular either. So yeah, I'm thinking one one something like that. Like it will be decided at the new camp for sure. Um, so Munich Arsenal, I'm thinking Munich three Arsenal one. Um, you know, actually, that's such a what I said. <laughs> I think I said like a three one. Although, something. but maybe this is the game that Arsenal put something together, or or maybe maybe the game at the Emirates would be the better place to say. No, like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like Allianz Arena. Do I see them getting anything there? Nope. Like they'll probably get a, <laughs> like I mean they'll, they'll probably get a G, a G there, but as far as like getting like a proper result now, mm. are the Emirates? Yeah, okay, they they won that game because people say, oh no, they'll do well at the Emirates. Yeah, they won that game before, but I think the the, the game prior to that where they won two zero, I think they lost like two to nil to Bayern. Mm. So Bayern have beaten them and have cast them at the Emirates. So now look, if if Arsenal can get their away goal. But then I'll again, like, are you going to keep a clean sheet at the Emirates against Bayern Munich if you know mm-hmm. you have to score? 
No, doubtful, doubtful, no. Which is it's it's that math that you have to do with the aggregate away goal, which is what makes the the knockout stage more compelling than probably anything. But um, so Madrid Napoli. I think this is an interesting tie that people might sleep very, on. Very, no, very, very. Because, again, this is what I was saying before. Like, I mean, Napoli, uh, I think they figured out how to play without Higain. And Real Madrid are not as invincible as, as, as they used to be. So, Real Madrid will still win, but I think it will be a lot closer than what people think. There's always two really good fixtures that are on the same day. And then there's, yeah, always, and then there's always one day that has, like, one, like, two really, I wouldn't say bad but maybe mediocre so if mm. they could have put munich arsenal madrid napoli on different days that would have been nice yeah very nice without that because i mean like those are two games to be honest yeah the the two games i want to see but the game that you really should be watching is real madrid napoli really because yeah. i think that game will be a lot more of a football game than ban because uh, Ban Arsenal, the, the, the golfing class is is, is too vast. Mm, because if, if if you listen to people who, you know, watch Italian football, you know, religiously, they say that Napoli play the best football possibly in Europe. And then when you go watch the YouTube highlights, as someone like me does, uh, mm. you tend to believe them. <laughs> that probably is the, the purest's game. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I think that will be a... Really good. I can't swear. I've, I've got to do some simultaneous engineering and try and watch both games at the same time. Mm. Or, or, or what would help is if Ban score like two early goals. Throw <laughs> up like three nil after thirty yeah. minutes. So like, all right, all right, we can just screw this. Let me just bounce. Um. So yeah, I think that's those are the the games this week. Next week we'll talk about the other ones. But yeah, it should be a pretty good. I'm glad it's back. Yeah. No. No. Look for me. I said this is. This might be the most open Champions League there's been in a while. And I have a very sneaky feeling we could see an un- unlikely winner. Such as? Like someone out of left field, like a Dortmund, <laughs> Atletico, someone that you just wouldn't expect. Are, are Dortmund and Atletico really out of left field? No, no, no. As in, as in who else is there? Like, I mean, Sevilla. Again, oh, again, like, like, like left field is Leicester. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay, then. Okay, okay. Not left field, but like someone out of the usual suspects. Let's get yeah. to these questions, though. Question, question. In regard to storyline and football excellence. Storyline. Mm. In regard to storyline and football excellence, what are your top three Champions League finals? Oh, oh, this this is from Andrew Rahimsky. Oh, okay. So talking about like the storyline. I mean, I suppose it has to be Chelsea. Either Chelsea or United 98-99. Yeah, you United Munich yeah. they scored the late two. Obviously Liverpool Milan where they came back three oh, yeah. half time. Yeah, look, I think yeah, those yeah, those those are the main three. And I mean you do have the, the Robin winner when there was Dirk yeah, Klassiker well, in the final. And then... Really, but, as, in, like, as, as a story, it doesn't compare to um, United 98 Like, the, the, the craziest Trouble. final... That's a triple as well. No, so. no, no. no for me, I, I think, though, the craziest final as in a match in and of itself was Liverpool AC Milan. Yeah. The greatest story has to probably be... Um, what's it called? Chelsea. That's the greatest story of, like, the whole package. I don't know. Like, there must be a better story. Did Dortmund Dortmund won it in 96? Oh, yeah. Matthias Sammer. But 
I think they were, they were they, just they, they, good then. As in Chelsea were having a pretty average season. Look, they ended up coming sixth. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> they, um, they 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 finished sixth largely because they put all their resources into the Champions League, and they also won the FA Cup that season as well. So they yeah, did a, but, they, they did a double of sorts. I mean, how many? When was the last time a team finished sixth and won the, the Champions League? I can't remember that ever happening. You know what the best part about that was? Is that oh. Spurs finished fourth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I wasn't on Twitter back then, but I should have been. That would have been fun. So, address how Arsenal have been getting away with this crap all season. <laughs> Burnley games have been decided on offside goals. Today's handball, Walcott should have been sent off. Gibbs, the last man foul who should have seen red. Who the hell asked this question? This is from Saw A. S I A W A. Oh, ooh, this is in response to a tweet that I put out. I was like, we need to address referees on <laughs> <laughs> Target Tactics. And I guess this guy, he added us in a, or maybe I favored it. I don't know. I don't remember. But, um, well, so you say Arsenal, uh, the Sanchez goal was a handball. Wait, 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 and wait, and wait, if you remember, they, they beat Burnley this season when Kishani... Wasn't there an, an English referee who gave a dude like two ye- ye- yellow cards that didn't send him off in the World Cup? Yeah. Yo, I was watching this thing. Excuse me as I adjust on uh, the share. I was watching, I forgot what show I was watching. And they, were, they brought up a question. And I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Is do, do you think there should be referee transfers <laughs> no 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 look all the referees in england are english or welsh potentially maybe scottish i don't know mm-hmm. but suppose like all, all the teams at least all the good teams they have players from spain from portugal from france germany mm-hmm. ivory coast ghana wherever just wherever the good players are mm-hmm. They come in the. They come in your team, and they try to help you win the league. Managers as well. Peps from Spain, Mourinho's from Portugal, Klopp's from Germany, Conte's from Italy, Wenger's from France. They come from everywhere. Referees, though, they're all from England. So suppose there's a referee who's in Liechtenstein, mm. who's better than Clattenburg, who's better than Mike Dean, but never gets a look into the Premier League just because of where he's born. I That's think- weird. No, no, and, and, me, I, 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 and also, when I was a kid, like I never saw like black refs. <laughs> I, I'd like to see that, and maybe that's my own fault for not watching wait, them. Wait, wait, you should say when you were a kid, there still aren't any black refs around, and in a, in, a, in a adult. What, what, well, well, no, because no, like when I was a kid, I didn't understand why someone like me wasn't a referee. Now I understand that it's because like population percentages, all that kind of stuff. But wouldn't it be cool if you could outsource referees and get the best referee talent in the Premier League rather than just giving it to English people? No, for me, I think that's not that, a, well, and, and and not that English people can't be good referees. It's just that there has to be some referee from Switzerland or some referee from some nondescript country. No, 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 for, no, for that's me, really good. Like people don't actually view refereeing as important as that. It's still a it's very a talent though. Thing. It's it's a talent to be a good referee. No, no, no. I, I think no. Until refereeing decisions consistently are crap and bad, we're still picking out certain scenarios. Until it's really like 
it may get to a point because people are bringing the topic in that man, refereeing decisions, refereeing decisions. So until it gets to a point where on a consistent level it's bad, then guys will say, okay, can we just bring in some some transfers? It's not that it's going to the state <laughs> where it's consistently crap. I just I thought that was an interesting subject. Like Oh no, no, no. It would be it would be look, the best referees are it's are are, are, the, are the Italians. You know, one of the worst are probably the South Americans, no offense, but the South Americans are known as the most temperamental refs and they're the ones that give the most cards. So they are like one one of the worst. So, <laughs> uh, really, if you want, it, it, it would be awesome to have do you remember last week when Bellerin got clattered into by Alonso and people were like, in England it's not a foul? Hmm. Like maybe maybe in a different league it's a foul. That's yeah. largely in part because of the referees who referee the game. So yeah. the referees dic- the referees in large part dictate the style of and well maybe not the style but they dictate the flow of the match. Yeah, which I, I, which, I, I, which I, I, informs the national the, style. The referee association as well. They lay down the law. Exactly. So English that. referees, in some sense, dictate how English football is played, and in turn, that he- that sets the mood or creates the stage for how England play as mm. overall. So maybe if you bring in foreign referees or just the best referees outside of England, maybe you change English football. And is that necessarily a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. But maybe it's a subject that we can get into um, as a debate topic maybe next week or the week after or whenever. Maybe the next bad referee decision. We'll talk about no, 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 but I, th- I think, though, like, that's actually a, a key point is that you bringing in a referee from a different place who views the flow of the game differently could mess up with the band. Because I think that's mm. the whole point of, like, okay, we're not playing the Premier League. This is a foul. This isn't a foul. This is play on. This isn't play on. This is what we call fouls for. And that is just from a cultural points of view so yeah. it's almost the referees being all of the same culture give the games that consistent cultural point of view like this is just how we view the game referee wise you know hence why in south america it's a lot harder and you can get away with it with a lot more harder tackles because that's just how south americans view the the game but in continental europe is definitely different like a, a little touch is, is a foul so <laughs> uh so this question is from red devilology who gave oh. us the review at the beginning. So shout out to you. Shout out. Um, he, he has a Ghanaian flag in his um Ooh. if I'm if I if I have my flags right, they're red, yellow, green with the black star. So um yeah, his question is at Talking Tactics. Why does Have Hope believe that Chelsea stole the Champions League in 2012? Because they did. <laughs> <laughs> That is the one win where it was the most unlikely, unwieldy, and strange Champions League victory. Like, there's no other Champions League victory I can think of where I was like, how the hell did they win that? <laughs> because you look yeah. at the semi-final second leg against Barcelona. How the hell Amazing. did they Amazing. Amazing. And you look at the final against Bayern Munich, where Robin missed a penalty, where Drogba scored in the very last minute, where Bayern outplayed Chelsea for most of the game. But they somehow won it on. Yeah. It was it was a nothing game until maybe the 80th. Yeah, but well, so. I remember how many chances that, that Mario Gomez had. How many times Mario Gomez had the ball torn That's true. That's true. and just tied the ball. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was that was a that was one of the best nights of my life or afternoons rather, because uh, it's just the way the time zones went. 
Oh yeah, and also John Terry celebrating. With the team. <laughs> Extremely awful. Yeah, we got his kit. <laughs> you know what? I mean, what? I mean, that's 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 just low. I have a theory that if he had played, we'd have lost. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad it happened that way. But uh, yeah, Muller scored late. He got the header, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> we well, lost then, another yeah, one, he, and then that's very Muller celebration. Like, mm. but I mean, like that is clutch, man. Like what Drogba did, that's clutch because that was a very difficult header. No, you know, Mata doesn't get enough credit. Like people say, Torres won the corner. Uh, Mata's delivery was fantastic, and then what Drogba did was, you know, to beat Neuer as well. Like it's not yeah. like some Mickey Mouse goalkeeper, you know. And he had a free kick to win it at the end. I thought that would have been great. But anyway, this is too much chose. Who are you? This is from Fab Pacino, frequent question giver. So shout out to you mm. um, at Talking Tactics. Who are your top three best Premier League players ever? I can answer this in two ways. I can answer it from my biased Chelsea perspective. And then I can answer it from, I guess, the larger footballing community. So mm. my answer, if I'm putting on my you know Chelsea shirt is I'd say top three Oof. put Lampard first put Drogba second and Zola third um, that's your Chelsea bias then yeah those are the best three Premier League players ever um, but if it's just the best three players in the Premier League then Giggs first Henri second probably Ronaldo third hmm, for me I would because I, 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 I like bringing in other elements. I'd say, in no particular order, mm. Henri, Cantona, okay. and probably Saul Campbell. Because I wouldn't bring... What? Saul Campbell, <laughs> yes. Keep, keep it black. <laughs> Saul, Saul Campbell. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Giving some love, man. Yes. Yeah, so no, 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 no. Uh, there's. I can't. No, new. You have new top three. I can't allow that. You're selling in the talking tag no, no, brand no, no, with this I'm, nonsense. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pick it. But you know what? Because he's because even if he was probably racist, Schmeichel. All right, that's a good shout. Campbell. Well, he's been the best defender on his team. Schmeichel, Henri. Cantona special mention or Sol Campbell. Special mention Sol Campbell. Yeah, Adams was better than Sol Campbell. Eh. Ashley Cole was better than Sol Campbell. Eh. Just talking defenders. And then like he wasn't even the best player on his team. Actually, eh. Ash, Ashley Cole was a good shout. For, you know what, Ashley Cole, like do you know what to be real? Like, you know, I've said this many times, like he is an idiot. He's a prick. But actually, if we just keep it for both, forget about him as a, as a person because he's just a filthy person. He's the best defender I've ever seen. Yeah, and basically best no best left back. No, 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 no. For me, like just pure defender, like left back, right back, center back. In your position, are you the best left back? Are you the best center back? Are you the best right back? Ashley Cole's the best defender. No, well, that, well, okay. By that definition that I've would, seen, would Ashley Cole be as good as a central to defend? Would he be as 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 good on his on the? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, right okay. Back? But what I mean is, who is the best center back that you've seen in the Premier League? In the Premier League, right? Um, John Terry. All right. So, 
is Ashley Cole better at left back than Tony Adams was at center back? I say yes. But no, 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 no. See, no, 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 no. That doesn't make sense. My key thing is that put Ashley Cole in central the defense. Would he still be as good? No. Because that's a completely different position to left back. And trust me, because like I've played right back before and I played central defense. Two very different positions. Like yo, your brain has to work differently, you know, because central defense is very hard. <laughs> okay, so okay, all right. So so if you're looking for the best pure defender, mm. then that means somebody who can play both both fullback and center back. Do you know like there are not that many players I know who can play both very effectively as in like both as well as each other like hmm. i don't know anyone who ivanovich has... in the premier league because he was he's a good center back and he was a good fullback you know what if but you know i would say like he wasn't that great a fullback he was he was okay he, was, he did but, enough to be effective right. um i mean mustafi can do it but i mean he hasn't been in the premier league long enough for yeah. me to assert that and like I'm thinking of guys like I don't know Micah Richards, who can play center back and fullback. Like there are yeah you're right there aren't that many players who can do it. Yeah. Uh, at talking tactics from Fab Pacino, why is everyone underestimating Napoli? They're better than Madrid tactically, and they do have weapons in their team. As we said, we've not underrated them. We we previewed the game and we said that they're a dangerous outfit. But if if everyone is underestimating them, one because they're Napoli, and two because they're playing Real Madrid, yeah, yeah, and people be- assert Real Madrid an undue level of credit in their current state. As as again for me, Napoli losing Higain was huge. Losing Cavani was like imagine a Napoli with Higain, Lavezzi, and Cavani. Not that. even that. I mean, just this season they lost Milik. Yeah, who was one of the best strikers in the Champions League before his injury. So, mm. but I mean, Mertens has been fantastic this year. The, I mean, let me like Callejon is has, has 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 been good for them as well. So, mm. I mean, you rate Koulibaly as one of the best center backs. In the yeah, league. yeah. I mean, I mean, he's not as good this season as it was. I mean, last season he was amazing, but this season he's not been as good. But still, like, there are guys in the Napoli team who are like Insigne for me. I love Insigne. Like, I mm. think he's a, he's a great player. He's a great mm. player. Do you think his head was turned, Koulibaly, uh, last summer? Because Chelsea were trying to buy him. Yeah, you know, potentially. I think a lot of interest, and I think maybe that's got to his head. Hmm. Only, look, he's only human. Of, of course, it would have affected him. Yeah, I mean, because like if you if you look at Costa now, just it was one week he was great. The Chinese Super League offer comes, so allegedly, supposedly, and now he hasn't scored a goal in three games. Well, remember, so it can go just like that, even when you're in form in the season. I couldn't imagine what. An, uh, but then on, but remember on, on his on his return with all that China stuff, he did score though. So remember where he did that celebration about the media. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Sometimes. it was against Hull. So yeah. anyway, yeah, what I'm saying, I couldn't imagine what if especially if you wanted the summer offer and you wanted to go, and Napoli was just like, no, nah, they're not offering enough, or we're just not gonna let you go because you were fantastic last summer. It could, you know, put a little dent in your willingness or your ambition the next season. Mm. Didn't Carl leave a question? Carl! Question for the podcast, and we'll get out of here on this. Is Big Sam's safety first approach going to get Crystal Palace, a team built for pace, relegated? Yes. He has has Zaha in his team. He has Townsend in his team. But he's always going to want to consolidate. And it's it's a thing of Chelsea can play counterattacking football. 
because they can defend. If you try to defend to play on counterattack and you can't defend, you're just going to let in goals. Mm-hmm. So he can he can try to play counterattack and let you know Townsend and Zaha and Deventeke as the target men. But if they just no, try me, to I, sit I, back and defend, they're just going to keep letting in goals. No, for me, I, I I think like when you're in a relegation battle, you don't have the luxury to play fancy football. Well, no, see, it's, it's it's not a matter of the style. It's a matter of playing to your strengths. So if your strength is attacking football or allowing your attacking talent to attack, then you do that. If you're low on confidence, man, attacking football ain't going to fly, bro. Yeah. You have to, like, say we're here to just win this game. Like, yes, we use our strengths and everything, but we have to just try and grind out a win. They have the same amount of points as Sunderland. Obviously, uh, no, just, obviously, what they're doing is not working. So, well, you're not going to get um, sexy football from Big Sam. <laughs> I mean, you may get some illegal money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you, I mean, you may get some some hush money from him, but as far as like sexy football, that's not happening. <laughs> anyway, uh, Man City won, so the gap is now eight points uh, for Chelsea at the top of the league. Sweating, getting palms or getting sweaty. I'll, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I said we get out of here. But um, at the beginning of the year, you said that Chelsea would win the league, right? Yeah. Did Did you believe that one hundred percent, or were you just saying it based off a feeling? If you know what I mean. Uh, oh no, no, no! I mean not a feeling, a feeling. Because again, okay. I was like, I didn't know how well Conte would do coming into the Premiership, but I was just like, based off. Conte being Italian, how you play, how well he did with in the Euros with Euro 2016. Mm. I just thought, you know what? I think this could be a good fit, and he could win the, the league. So. Right. So uh, my assumption was his first mission in his first season was just to get Chelsea back in the top four. So mm. Chelsea being eight points clear with a dozen games left, mm. give or take one or two. Mm. Uh, I'm taking that. <laughs> no, Daniel. I'll no, take it there. Don't don't have a loser's mentality. No, 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 no. No, I mean obviously you're, you're in this position now, and it's about obviously I want to win the league, but I'm just saying, like his. No, his you're mission, not just saying anything. No, you kind of say, oh well, you know, well, if I mean, the, the main aim was to come to offer, so even if we completely and totally freaking lose this and just act like a bunch of losers and actually cough this up to City, well, it's still no, fine. No, it would be tough. It would be tough to to swallow. But in general, considering the season that Chelsea went through last year, I think a top four finish would be okay. It's one of those things where it's okay until you actually discover what you could have gotten, and then it feels bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like if you play one of those games where it's like, um, we'll give you a hundred thousand, but if you open this briefcase, it could be two million or it could be nothing, and then you're like, you know what, I'm gonna take the hundred thousand. And then they were like, which briefcase would you have picked? And you say, the one on the left. And then you open the one on the left, and there's two million inside. And you're like, fuck. But you still got 100,000. So yeah. it's one of those things. But yeah. And I, um, and I know if, if, if he had actually gone ahead and chosen the left one, it probably wouldn't have, have been. Because life can be like that. Like If you say, oh, no. Yo. Oh, I was going to say, like, do, do you think that they play with them like that? Like... Like oh, no, 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 no. This, no, this is just like a life thing, like a thing of the forces of life of like, that's why I don't I, I don't bet. Every time I make a prediction and I don't put money, like basically like I said ages ago, way before I said Federer would win the Australian Open. And if I put money down, the odds are not having because he was ranked 15. 
the ones in that were very good. But mm-hmm. if I'd put money down and put and said Federer, he wouldn't have, have won and I'd have lost all that money. You got anything you need to plug? I do this week. I usually don't have anything to plug, but I did my Champions League piece um, that I do for Bleacher Report was released today. Um, people people seem to like it, so Ooh. that's cool. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Daniel to Look. You can follow Half Hope. That's Half Hope Hot. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Facebook and on Twitter is the same handle, Half Hope Hot, H-A-V-E-H-O-P-E-H-U-T. Face, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. is the best handle you can follow. Should we give Carl's at information at Anchorman616? Yeah, that's Anchorman616. <laughs> is that the right one? I think so. That is, that is the right one. So, yeah, we do this every Tuesday. Remember to leave the iTunes reviews. I'm going to try to get us on Google Play, like I said, for you yep. Android people. And, yeah, man, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always, always football. Peace. Peace to the out. Sports Social Podcast Network.